The Design Center of the Philippines, or DCP, an agency under the Department of Trade and Industry, concluded its International Design Conference this September and its annual Design Week this November. In this B-side episode, Rhea Matute, Executive Director of the DCP, talks to Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana about design thinking and innovation during the COVID-19 crisis and, in the long run, how design can help small businesses contribute even more to the Philippine development agenda. Let's start with the International Design Conference held in September. The theme of that was Design Futures, The Future is Now. Why do you think it was important to have that theme for 2021? Well, we've been doing the International Design Conference since 2017. And it's always been a thought leadership event. So it's always been the DNA of the event to really talk about the importance of design as it is evolving and its priorities. But for this year, we said it's design futures, the future is now, because we really wanted people to not think of the future as something that is so far and action can be delayed or postponed. What we wanted them to really take into account is our future is made by the actions that are done today. It was actually also inspired by a quote from Mahatma Gandhi, the future depends on what you do today. So I guess coming from everything that is happening as well, from the climate crisis, the pandemic, you know, we really wanted to make sure that while design is used for future proofing, it's not a luxury that we can afford to wait to act on it, maybe sometime in the future. But we wanted the urgency. We wanted to highlight the urgency of action today. How do you think there have been changes in the way Filipinos view or approach design since the pandemic? Definitely the pandemic made it more apparent, more urgent. It's the pandemic plus a confluence of, I guess, what's happening in terms of the environment, the plastic pollution, Yes, the, the pandemic was a great disruptor. There is all of a sudden this sensitivity. Yeah, so just that. And then the inequality of it, right? I mean, like even just the pandemic response, right? So again, I mean, just this whole vulnerability that allows you to take a second to pause and to think of what's happening. What types of design innovations have emerged? And if you can give examples of anything that in the Philippines has made an impact. Our speakers from the first session, Pam Kahilig and Diego Maranan, they highlighted a number of innovations born out of the pandemic. One of them was done with our digital fabrication laboratories in the beginning when they couldn't have access to face shields and face masks. They used the digital tools that were available in these fabrication labs to create designs that were shared globally by this Fab Lab network and then created these face shields for our emergency workers. Because of the urgency of the situation, it's about a public-private partnership providing PPEs. The field hospitals and isolation units that were created by the architects during the, the early days of the pandemic when our hospitals were being overwhelmed before, I guess, people would have like all these reasons why it can't be done, the difficulties of it. But again, the health emergency 
has made people bolder, the urgency to providing solutions. It created this kind of a design sprint to a certain extent to create new systems of logistics as well as creation of new products that were not being done before. So people just experimented on what they can do, what they can contribute. Both Pam and Diego were talking about the concept of design thinking, but design thinking that made sense and that is very innate in the Filipino character and the Filipino values. So for them, the kapwa and the discarte, they were theorizing that if they were to define design thinking in a very unique Filipino way, they would explore the kapwa, the discarte, and the malasakit actually towards creating that very unique Filipino contribution to the design thinking conversation. Even communities that were also creating architecture that were also very locally driven, meaning community-centric. It's not about a designer going into the community and telling them this is what you need to do or this is the kind of spaces that you need to have already. But it's about involving the community to redesign their spaces that made sense to them depending on how they move about those spaces. It's about collaboration and a multidisciplinary approach to design. They called it five ways to reframe design for a just futures. So I'm quoting them on these five areas. So it's about thoughtful collaboration across disciplines, contextual and systems thinking, local concepts related to design, design for justice and care, and then future thinking, the discussion on highlighting the, the Filipino and the Filipino values and the way they see the world. Would you say that with these kinds of projects, there are many Filipino designers. How equipped are they in continuing these kinds of innovations? To be honest, before I thought there weren't enough of these real systems thinkers or designers that were really addressing real world problems. And maybe to a certain extent, there still isn't enough. But as we've been discussing it more and more, we're uncovering more and more people that are actually doing it. They just, they don't make the headlines only because it's not as sexy, I guess, or people don't think of it really as design because there are very traditional definitions of design that has remained stuck with people. So when people think of design, they think of fashion, they think of furniture, they think of graphic design, but it has evolved into designing systems, designing experiences, user interface, as well as design to address social problems. It may not be the technical definition of design where you create products or you create garments, the traditional way of defining them. But I think the more we talk about it and the more we put it into the mainstream, then people will will have their aha moments. What I'm doing is actually designing, designing experiences, providing solutions, because at the end of the day, design is really at the heart of the designer providing solutions. There's this idea that investing in sustainable design innovation is costly or expensive. What do you think about this concern? Anything that's new is always more expensive in the beginning. So it's not just about, you know, like sustainability solutions or anything that is attached to the sustainable advocacy. Any new gadget that you have in the beginning is more expensive. 
this is why in other governments, there is this concept of de-risking. So it's government that invests on these innovations that contribute to social good. And by government's involvement or investment into these innovations, it brings the price down. They create certain rebates or policies so that the companies that invest in these innovations can commercialize it at a more competitive rate. Definitely, there is that price in the beginning that is higher than mainstream. But there are, again, there are solutions to make it not have the price be such a big factor in people not adopting these innovations. At the end of the day, what is the price that we're paying for future generations, right? And I think that's the that's a conversation that a lot of the governments, not just ours, but also the governments of the world are saying about investing and providing government funds to make all these innovations reachable that can be commercialized for people to adopt. Aside from the need to continuously invest, what other setbacks do we have to overcome in the Philippines when it comes to our design ecosystem? Definitely the, the education side needs to be addressed. There are already other countries that think that design should be a national competency. And our ongoing research on the design innovation ecosystem of the Philippines is also surfacing that kind of concern about design should not be taught just primarily at the tertiary education level, but it should be taught at the primary level. As well as the design innovation ecosystem is composed, well, on a technical framework, is composed of nine components. And there isn't that much collaboration between the components of that ecosystem and the gap needs to be narrowed. Mapping out that design innovation ecosystem is going to give us the state of the design economy and the design sectors in the Philippines as well as policy recommendations of what needs to be prioritized if we are to maximize design as a sector in the economy as well as a base sector to drive innovation in various other sectors of the Philippines. We're actually very excited about that. And we've had nationwide workshops, also had area-specific workshops in nine cities across the Philippines. So that makes it 11. And I think for every workshop, I think we've had over 40 participants coming from the various sectors. So we've workshopped over 400 design stakeholders, as well as we've done a nationwide survey, which we call Design Counts, where we've had responses from over 3,000 individuals as well as companies. You've said that this project is releasing the full report in December. What exactly can we expect from it? So the research, which is being done by a team of UK experts together with a Philippine research team, it's understanding what the whole design innovation ecosystem in the Philippines is like and where are the weak links that slows down the interaction between players bringing design to market or bringing design talent and the quality of the design culture in the Philippines. So it looks at research, it looks at design education, it looks at the concerns of the design users, which are primarily micro businesses, 
it looks at the issues of the designers, it looks at the issues of government, it looks at also the support mechanisms and see how the wheel can turn with less friction and people have access to either funding, knowledge partners, research studies by which they can build upon new innovation or the next level of, of innovation. Once we've been able to map out that national design innovation ecosystem, we will be able to prioritize or based on the participants of the workshop, they would already have provided us with some ideas on what are the priorities for at least the first national design policy, which would be 2022 to 2027, based on the law. These national design policies would have a term of five years. And then you review before the end of the five years so that we create the next generation of design policies to address the next level of concerns or priorities to, again, enliven the design innovation ecosystem in the Philippines and to make it work to bring about competitiveness of the country as well as improve the quality of life, either through economic or social contribution of design into the Philippine development agenda. What better tool to have for the Philippines that also have quite a few development agenda priorities. And since we know that Filipinos are very creative, we wanted to make sure that we use that creativity to resolve our development agenda issues and concerns. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Rhea Matute, Executive Director of the Design Center of the Philippines, speaking with Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana. The confluence of global crises like the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, and plastic pollution has shifted designers' priorities. There's a new sense of urgency in the industry to innovate and solve problems since, as Ms. Matuta said, our future is made by the actions that are done today. This episode was recorded remotely this September. It was edited by Bronte H. Laxamana and mixed by Paolo L. Lopez. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening.